STEM Prime Research Cast. Okay, this is the week of April 5th, 2020. Welcome to the third episode of the STEM Prime Research Cast. Uh, if you're jumping in a little late, I know I was only three episodes in, but uh, if you haven't listened to the first two, I highly recommend it before uh, moving on to this one because you're going to need to have a firm grasp on on the basics of STEM theory. Okay, so this is a research cast. Um, it's an experimental podcast platform, but basically we'll see how this goes. So the point of the research cast is to allow me to take you guys along with me as I conduct my research and, and cap off this kind of last leg of research before I actually start developing um, the AI STEM drive. Okay, all of the associated podcast links I will put down below in the episode description. So if there's a platform that you prefer, that you prefer out of those, um, just go to the, the episode description and the links are going to all be there. Okay, if you find the content educational and interesting, um, I ask you to please rate it or give it a thumbs up or give it a like on whatever platform you're either viewing or listening to this on. If you feel like this is important and like I do, uh, I would ask you to share this with your friends, send it to, you know, email it to people that you think would be interested in this and help me get the word out. Because I mean, really, that's kind of how this is going to get off of the ground. There are actually two reasons for getting this out to as many people as possible. And uh, I hope you find it a relief to hear that neither of them have anything to do with making money. Um, the first reason is to educate the world uh, on this endeavor and hopefully get some public support. And the second is to reach the ears of uh, respected scientists and researchers uh, from all the various fields that are relevant to the AI STEM, AI STEM drive project. Uh, if this is successful and countries begin to adopt um, STEM, ep STEM economics, there will be not one single aspect of our lives that will not in some way be affected. So this means that there are countless possible issues that I haven't even begun to think about or consider. So finding those issues now and speaking with um, field experts that know their way around the issue and really have a firm grasp on the environment of the issue uh, is so incredibly vital to the success of this project that really, I mean, really that's a priority. Getting this out to the ears of the professionals that are there for the science, that are there for, for finding truth. Getting this in front of them so that they can help me analyze it and, and tease out the, the, the inconsistencies and the issues. So when I do start developing, um, aside from the, the uh, simulations, when I do start developing, it's not going to be, there aren't going to be so many incredible problems in the way of, of completing the prototype development phase successfully. On that note, I am kind of blown away at the reception, <laughs> the reception of the, 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 the public has given 
given me on this. I was honestly expecting very little response, um, almost almost to get laughed off of the stage. I mean, because post scarcity and and you know that kind of what I'm talking about has been the kind of utopian pipe dream that that has been thought to be completely outside of the possibility of even thinking about achieving it. So thank you for giving me the benefit of the doubt, listening to my arguments, and uh, and <laughs> being so excited about this. I'm, I'm really happy to see such an incredible response. Okay, this week um, I'm gonna talk about what exactly I mean when I say epi-economy. Um, now I've touched on it quite a bit in some previous episodes, but I have yet to really define for you, detail what, what that means and why exactly it's, it's so separate from what it, an economy is. Um, we're then gonna go back and I'm gonna expand on the ideas behind COVID-19. Now that the audience has a good fundamental grasp on the, you know, the ideas behind the AI stem drive and, and some of the theory, going back and revisiting COVID in a more detailed sort of way, I hope you'll be able to see it as I see it, like how insanely crazy our response to it has been. Okay, economy versus epi-economy. What am I talking about? Like, it sounds like they're kind of the same thing, right? They're not, not even close to the same thing. So let's go through some etymology really quickly, and then I'm going to really outline for you what exactly I'm talking about. All right, so the, the etymology of economy comes from two root Latin words, or Latin Greek words. There's oikos, and, which means household, and there's nemen, naimen, I don't know how to say that, which means management. Uh, oikonomos, okay, or oikonomia, that means household management. So it, it eventually became, to, became the word that we know today, economy. Um, according to dictionary.com, here, here are a few definitions from dictionary.com um, as... I selected these de definitions. It's not all of them, but these are the definitions that are uh, relevant to what we're talking about. Okay. So the definitions of economy are an act or the means of thrifty saving, the management of resources of a community or country, especially with a view to its productivity, the prosperity or earnings of a place. Okay, so in the early days of designing the stem drive, I originally uh, envisioned it being a new experimental sort of economic system. However, my views quickly changed when I realized that what, what I was doing, what I was really talking about, doesn't fit into the currently accepted idea of what an economy is. Okay, so when we talk about economy in our current context, we're talking about productivity, exports, 
you know, trading with other countries, tra- trading between states, between cities. We're talking about levels of, of production. We're talking about um, the stock market. We're talking about the chain of resource dis- distribution from, from the manufacturer or, or farmers all the way to uh, the consumers. We're talking about valuation. We're talking about uh, fluctuations in the market. You know, it, 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 it's kind of a loaded word, but, but I mean, you know what our economy is. Okay, we all know what the economy is, unless you don't. But, I mean, it's a pretty basic, you know, kind of household idea. The uh, more in-depth concepts of the economy, you know, what, what economists get into, obviously is not kind of a household idea. But, um, you know, the basic idea is there. We all know what the economy is. We all know the basics of kind of what it does. So at some point, and I can't say exactly when this was, I realized that I was no longer talking about an economy. Um, what the AI STEM drive, the AI STEM drive represents, <clears throat> is far outside the the purview of of what uh, tra- the the traditional idea of an economy is. Now, where the primary focus of an economy is is production, trade, uh, wealth, prosperity, and the healthy circulation of currencies in a, in a society or in a culture. Okay, so the primary focus of the AI STEM drive is, in contrast, humanity. Fulfilling our basic needs, ensuring that um, the stage is set for us each to be gently kind of coaxed, not coaxed, uh, encouraged to to self-actualize. Um, it, focus on, it focuses on ensuring that we are all adequately educated, that we are all healthy, united, enlightened. So I, I know I've previously kind of mentioned this a couple times or, or briefly glossed over it, but I didn't go into I didn't go into this thinking economy. Yes, there was the kind of motivating aspect, the whole idea of of money being kind of the center of so many problems in our in our culture and society. But I went into this with the idea of not economy, but of seeing if I could create a uh, a sort of framework that would make corruption, make the motivations behind corruption just not possible, but just, just not something people would want to do. And that, that's where I started from. I didn't, I didn't start off thinking, you know, post-scarcity. I started off thinking, okay, money is a problem. We have all these issues that stem or not stem, but that is heavily related to money in some way. So I went into this problem, trying to solve this problem from, from the perspective of a person that was trying to find a way to make that aspect of money a non-issue. That's, that's where I'm coming from. Did I just say that twice? I may have, forgive me. <laughs> Let's continue. 
And for a long time, I had thought that humans are just corrupt by nature. We are just fundamentally flawed in that way. You know, tit for tat, um, theory of evolution, like why, why things have become this way. How come we allow so much, so much corruption, but yet why is cooperation so important if if corruption also seems to play this important role in the evolution of and the and the dynamics of a species and what i have come to realize is that that is not true in fact that corruption you know our our motives behind you know the actions that we do that we consider corrupt and um the okay what i'm trying to say here is what i came to realize is that we are not corrupt by nature we are um survival machines but we are not corrupt in fact a, a lot of the research in science you know scientific literature suggests that is quite the opposite we are kind of tuned through you know how many millions and hundreds of thousands of millions of years to want to be our best possible selves. We have this inner drive that pushes us in that direction. So my big realization was that it's not that we are fundamentally corrupt creatures. It is that we are, we are creatures stuck in a social structure that simply because of its shape, you know, shape, not its real geometric shape, but but the uh, kind of symbolic shape of, of our society is such that it, it prods us into that area. For example, okay, water is just water. You know, it, it's not violent. It doesn't uh, go out and drown people out of spite. <clears throat> but what makes water into those things is the shape and structure of, of its environment. Simply because of its environment, we get whirlpools, we get um, tsunamis, we get, we get tide pools, we get, we get still silent lakes, you know? That aspect of what water can do is, you know, purely uh, dependent on the literal geometry and shape of its surroundings. So that's what I realized. That's what we are. That is exactly what we are. I mean, Bruce Lee 100%, you know? Be water, my friend. Like, I guess that maybe not the best, <laughs> best one there, but, um, you know, you get, you get the idea. It's, it's, it's how we have kind of come into this world. It, we came into this crazy world and the way we act and react is crazy. So, so when I kind of realized that, that corruption and all this evil stuff we do, most of it, not all of it, you know, obviously there's outliers, but is kind of like the structure of our world sort of evokes it. Like it's a... <laughs> demon that's being evoked from the collective social you know dynamics between between everybody in, in our in our society 
and and that's where that's where it comes from. So I, I was surprised. I was. It, it was one of those sort of you know kind of whoa wait a minute hey yeah this makes a lot more sense because it just fits. So like I always say I was just following the research. I was just looking at the science. I was looking at the literature and what it suggests. Okay, so so that epiphany kind of led to the next epiphany. I mean, it was just just looking at what I realized and then unwrapping it and flipping it inside out in a way revealed the next epiphany, which which was that a unified cooperative human collective being that our nature is to want to succeed and self-actualize that a social structure of people that are fitting into their what we naturally tend to do almost emanates post-scarcity and not just post-scarcity creativity humanitarianism uh, a feeling of safety, of belonging, happiness, personal fulfillment, um, social fulfillment, and a profound level of intrasocial symbiosis that has never before achieved, as, as far as we're aware, as far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure as far as we are aware. It causes heightened creativity, unity, incredible rates of cooperation and productivity, and Again, on that level, I honestly don't know that any human uh, society has ever been able to achieve <laughs> such a such a structure. It also induces a keen awareness of our environment, a need to keep our world clean, take care of our planet, deal with the threat of pollution in a very proactive and intrinsically motivated sort of way along with that there are other attributes as well um, a keen awareness of of your environment of the world of our earth of the of the relationship that we have with with our planet the fact that we basically came from our planet um, an awareness of the necessity to keep to keep our planet clean to take care of it and and a very we also come to respect the incredibly destructive capability that the universe has i mean the power behind all you have to do is grab i mean okay you don't even have to grab a telescope all you have to do is look across the earth sometimes it'll come right to your doorstep we had an earthquake two weeks ago now a week no, i can't remember <sighs> tornadoes hurricanes and that i mean <laughs> that's like child's play compared to you know a binary star system or, or binary uh or, what do they call it two black holes where they're just like spinning around and clunk oh my gosh what is the term for that can't remember but uh gamma ray gamma ray bursts i mean what that is <laughs> mind-blowing it's like a solid coherent 
beam of gamma rays that just like blasts across galaxy and can ice solar systems at a time, just desecrate like entire solar systems. The, it, when you actualize like your appreciation for, I think you call it appreciation, maybe your awakened awareness, your, your, I don't, I don't know how you, I'm trying to describe something that's indescribable, I guess, but you have an appreciation for that and you respect it, but you also have an appreciation and respect and awareness of, of the very almost nurturing side and caring side of, of the universe, the life giving side, like we didn't come out of nowhere, you know, like it's, it's, elements of the universe that one after another after another after another in just the right way gave rise to us what i'm saying is you know i'm sure everybody kind of trips on on stuff like that but when you are actualizing that kind of stuff is like mind-blowing, spiritual experience-level, life-changing, really, really strong experience. <laughs> ah, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. <sighs> I completely forgot where I was. Ah, yes, okay. So, Post-scarcity is really just a side effect of that. It's a side effect of a healthy, natural state of, you know, our healthy, natural state. So an economy? <laughs> nope. Not even close. That is so far from what an economy is. It's like, I mean, I probably shouldn't have even called it an epiconomy. It's so far from... The word economy is so loaded and so completely far from what the AI stem drive does. So after some time with a Latin dictionary and, uh, and rummaging through, you know, different prefixes and suffixes, I finally settled on epiconomy. Okay, so an epiconomy is that which is above, outside of, or over, and the economy. Yet, because it also includes our current social, political, economic, uh, environmental, psychological, sociological states, we are still living right now in an epiconomy. It's just that compared to the STEM epiconomy, our current pre-STEM epiconomy is, is to the STEM epiconomy what communism is to capitalism. So an so an epi I'm sorry. So an epiconomy can include a, a substructure called an economy, which in ours it does, but it doesn't have to. So there is absolutely nothing about the fact that resources are allocated and distributed uh, within the STEM epiconomy as a means of uniting, nurturing, inducing intrinsic desires to actualize that would give it to being defined 
by the word economy. It would be like trying to call the human vascular system the, the economy of the body. It's, it's just a ridiculous notion. It doesn't, it doesn't follow, and it, it makes no sense, right? So there it is. They are fundamentally completely separate concepts. Okay, so let's move on to uh, COVID-19. Okay, now that episodes one and two are done and everybody has access to the fundamentals of, of STEM theory and um, how, how everything kind of basically works. And now that you know the difference for, you know, what an epiconomy is, what the difference is from, from an economy, I think that would revisiting COVID-19 and, and <laughs> our response to it will shed a lot of light on just how insane we, we act and how just absolutely crazy everything is. So from an economic standpoint, let's, let's, ta- let's quickly review what happened with COVID-19. Oh, there are so many aspects to it that are just terrifying and bad. So like I mentioned in the COVID-19 episode, the sheer power and force of the financial motivations behind so many pieces and areas of of our response to COVID-19 are just, it hurts to think about them. We knew COVID-19 was a thing. Everybody knew. The entire world knew what was happening. Yet people continued to take their families, take their families, their kids and their wives and their husbands, whatever, to areas they knew for a fact, without question, they knew it was having problems with this disease. And they took them there because the financial motivation was so powerful they didn't want to lose the money that they had spent on their vacation, which, right, no, no refunds for, for uh, airline tickets. I'm sure the hotels had been booked. You know, the average family that was going on vacation was looking to spend, you know, several thousand dollars on their vacation. So that's, you know, just, just one little aspect example. A lot of it, not a lot of it, there were uh, businessmen and women going, going into the, these same areas because there was a convention or a meeting or, um, you know, a big deal that was going to get be made between two companies or whatever the case was. What I'm trying to sh- say is that the financial motivations are so powerful and they they move us to do really stupid things. Think about crime. I mean, really pick crime apart. There is not one single type of crime except for that small little corner of crime that we call um, crimes of passion. Everything else is crime because of money because it is financially motivated. The entire black market 
is financially motivated. Drugs, guns, most gangs are in it to make money. The entire idea behind most criminal organizations, not most, all criminal organizations, is to make money. So, the power of the idea of a dollar, of currency, it's like, man, we, uh, if money is ever something that could be, you know, beneficial to a society, we are too young of a species and too immature and too inexperienced with reality to be able to handle money wisely and safely. It's like handing, literally like handing the trigger to, to an atom bomb to a five-year-old kid. I mean, that's the level of separation of, of maturity necessary to be able to have a society function without the problems that come with money. They, you know, with something like this coming, that the stock market is just going to crash. I mean, every single time in history, it crashes, which is a whole nother point, right? The instability <laughs> market. How have we not at any point thought, hmm, this market thing keeps crashing. It keeps completely obliterating society every now and then maybe maybe we should come up with another method to do things because it's obviously not working very well that there is no logic to it why would you ever build a house of cards like that i mean you're you're like so many things rely on the stability of the market but the market is inherently unstable that is insanity like that is so crazy right are you, <laughs> i'm getting kind of getting off topic but countries reporting their numbers with covid they're some of them are masking it some of them aren't giving us the whole truth some of them don't have the money to give us the whole truth that impedes the investigation that impedes our response and what we are going to do about it and now think about what's happened with industry people have lost their jobs companies have laid off millions of people across the country across the entire world so you have to kind of start seeing it from a financial perspective there are um so people stop working there's not enough work to go around people are sent home people have to work from home and that means that the flow of resources gets stopped up, which means that they are not getting to where everything needs to be for us to be able to handle the crisis effectively. And then people that need to work continue to work anyway, whether or not they have like the correct implements for protection. And then think about how we've handled this from a medical point of view. And then there's the sudden shortage of medical staff, the doctors, nurses, there's calls for doctors and nurses constantly to be pulled and moved across 
the entire world to go to different countries and help out over there. And even when they get there, there's again a shortage of the correct materials to handle the pandemic effectively the way it needs to be handled. Okay, now let's take a look at how it might look, how we might respond under the STEM EP economy. First, it's an entirely different situation. You have the STEM EP economy, right? So we are now functioning as, as kind of like a whole, a single human unit. So you don't have resource distribution and allocation is completely different. You don't have the problems with the market and the instability with the market that you have with our current economy. So you don't have the fluctuations, which means you don't have sudden widespread job loss and problems with, with resource distribution. Things get to where they need to be because that's just how it works. And under the STEM EP economy, we're not this kind of divided, segmented, uh, tribalized sort of thing that inhabits the planet. We are a unified system and everything just functions in time. We all work together. There's, there's this cohesion that doesn't exist when you have when you introduce the artificial components that a currency introduces into, into a system. I've said it before, under a STEM EP economy, you, we function more like a single organism. In fact, um, I coined the term uh, supra-organism optima, right? We all function together. So we act like an organism. And when there is a problem with an organism, when you have a disease introduced into your body, think about how the body responds. And because there are no market forces at play, you don't have the problems that come with market forces at play in the middle of a pandemic. You have this structured system. So, First of all, people aren't afraid to report their numbers. In fact, they're motivated to share their numbers. They want to share their numbers. They want to show all the other countries what they have because we need to handle this now. And this is no longer a, a reactive sort of scenario. We're not just reacting to this crazy thing that's happening and it's you know messing everything up. We realize something is happening and because we are functioning like an organism, we react in an orderly and predefined manner. When there is a pandemic, when something breaks out like that, we know what to do. We understand that everybody has to report the numbers. We understand that everybody has to go home and we'll probably have some sort of like delivery system at play or in play that can distribute resources without there being contamination without things getting, you know, the virus being distributed also and, and contaminating everything. People aren't motivated financially to, to go out and use those plane tickets that they just bought because they don't want it to go to waste. Companies aren't financially motivated to, you know, push their employees to still go to that country because they don't want 
to lose that deal or because there's a big meeting, a tech conference or whatever the case is, we need to get there to enable us to, you know, handle the next whatever or whatever, you know, for whatever reason we sent that person there. Those motivations don't even exist. They, they just are not. It's, it's a complete, (laughs) they just don't. There's no reason for them to be there. So the virus rears its head, right? We see it. We understand what's happening. Nobody goes there. There would not be one other country infected right now. And the, the, the infections, you know, maybe a few, but the second it was realized, we would know exactly who went there at the person, the people that went there would come forward and say, Hey, I, you need to test me. I was there. They would quarantine that area off. I mean, it would be a really fast blockade where we would stomp it out really fast. It would be contained so much faster. I mean, it's not even contained. It's still running rampant. It's just like all over the place. This is insane. We could have had it handled, like totally handled by now. The second we knew about it, things would have completely changed. People wouldn't be starving. There would still be other countries in full production, sending, delivering, having safe ways of sending people over and delivering produce and then decontaminating before coming on the way back. I mean, it would be a totally different story. The deaths, that's, that is on the economy. I mean, so much of it, so much of the stupid moves that people have made that have enhanced the spread and multiplied and and doubled the efforts, you know, doubling the efforts for the virus have been because of financial motivations. It's just so crazy to me to think about this. So because we function as a single organism, as I said before, there wouldn't really be companies, there would be collectives. There would be, you would have collectives with a purpose they would understand their their part in the whole thing, right? So because these people are seeing the bigger picture and understand what's happening, everybody takes precautions. We take the necessary steps to handle it the way it needs to be handled. Because companies are not just like solidly stuck and founded at one single you know, idea or product or thing that they do, you now have all those people, all those collectives able to turn around and perform another job that is vital to whatever the problem is. So, you know, everybody in what we have today, company A, that got sent home and it closed down and, you know, no more paychecks, that sort of thing. Instead of that happening, it would be a completely different story. It would now be, okay, we have an emergency on their hand, on our hands. There's a country that really needs our help. In fact, it's actually spread to like two or three other countries, but those ones are minimal. They have that under control. What we need to do is to change our focus. We need to start worrying about this aspect or producing this sort of thing so we can, we can help the efforts in taking care of the problem that has arise, 
ar- arisen, arised, arose, <laughs> arose, arose. Oh my gosh, grammar. Sorry. So now you have these collectives that understand their part in this in this system. They understand what's happening, and they understand that what they are doing right now isn't vital. It's you know manufacturing televisions or or producing bubblegum, whatever, right? So they all shift. They, everybody comes back into work. They understand that they have a different job to do. They all need to pitch in while this is being taken care of, while we are handling the emergency. And now they're making, you know, whatever they could, could, whatever they could convert their facility into quickly enough to best fit the situation. That's how it would work. It would be a completely different story. The virus would be stopped like that. It, I mean, there would be problems, there would be deaths, yes, just like there are in an organism, but it would be nowhere near, Not. it wouldn't even be close to what we have allowed to happen today. You could go on. I mean, you could really go on, but what I'm trying to tell you is that it's time to entertain a different system. It's time to at least consider that there is a better way to do things. I mean, we have been using money for thousands and thousands of years. The idea is ancient. I've said this before. It's it's the oldest, most ancient technology in use today. And it shows. I mean, it shows. It's like, yeah, I, I, okay, the arguments that we've had technological advancements. We have, you know, banks and we have digital currency and we have different ways of handling it. That's not what I'm talking about. It's still the same fundamental principle. Nothing about its basic functions have changed at all. It is exactly the same ancient technology put into use by primitive humans. Like, is that what you want to run your world with? Because I'm kind of getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of watching the damage that it just follows the wake of money and not that i'm not grateful for what what it has done for us it's gotten us this far but we are at a point to where first of all that we can realize this and second of all that we have the technology to do something about it we have the the systems we have the chips we have the designs we have the knowledge to put together a system. We have the understanding of how our minds work, how we work in social structures, to put together a system that is a completely new sort of method for distribution, allocation, um, emergencies, handling emergencies, taking care of ourselves, boosting ourselves up, taking care of others, helping others realize their best possible self, you're um, being motivated 
having your environment such that you are intrinsically motivated to become your best possible self. We know how to do all of this stuff. It's just a matter of now testing it, teasing out the problems, getting the, the professional, you know, the professional scientific perspective from, from respected field, um, field researchers and professionals and scientists to really look at this and say, okay, you know, you, you thought this, but it's actually like this. We need to change that a little bit, but it's, it, it can still work. We just need to do this instead of that. And, you know, tease out all the flaws and really change how we just are, how we work together, how we see each other, how we interact, how we develop, how we create and manufacture and produce and grow because it is all at our fingertips right now. Every piece of knowledge and technology and material is there. We just need to decide to do it. Okay, so schedule conflict. Yeah, so I'm not going to be able to finish. But uh, yeah, so we're going to close here. Thanks for watching. Uh, as always, please subscribe, like, and share. Because, because getting the word out is so key to the success of this project. So please share this with as many people as you can. Because it is important. It really is. If you believe in what I've been saying, if you've been doing your own research and following up and understanding what I'm talking about, then you know that this is like, this could be big. So please share. Thank you. See you next time.